like always, this is published and produced by the York Review. Speaking of which, we have two members of the team with us today. I'm Morgan. And I'm Marissa. Today we're just going to go through a quick interview and talk about them as students, as writers, and as readers of literature, and sort of how they experience literature, writing, both in their discipline and in their personal lives. So to start off, can you guys just sort of introduce yourselves? Tell us a little bit about your major, um, what all you have going on here at YCP, like clubs you're involved in, any jobs you have. Favorite color. Favorite color. <laughs> uh, I'm Morgan. I am the communications and events planner for the York Review. I am a biology major with a professional writing minor. I currently am no longer, but was a athlete for the track and field team. My four years of NCAA academic eligibility is up, but I still love to run. I work at a nursing home with residents, and I love that job. So Cool, cool. Uh, I'm Marissa, and I am also a biology major, minoring in professional writing. My hobbies include reading, writing, drawing, all that uh, kit and caboodle. And as for jobs and activities, I'm a rather boring person, so I do absolutely nothing except take care of my beta fish named Blueberry, Blueberry. <laughs> and buy random crap for his, like, tank. <laughs> hey, I mean, he can't go shopping himself. That's true. Right. Right? And cool. your favorite colors. Oh, oh yeah, color is very important. Uh, midnight blue. Ooh, wow. Specific. Yeah. Oh, Morgan, how are you going to top that? Uh, <laughs> I always tell people my favorite color is blue because I hate the judgment when I tell them my favorite color is gray. <laughs> <laughs> hey, gray's a color. Man. Yeah, I, don't, I know. That. But people are always like, Gray is such a boring color. How can that be your favorite color? But, like, I always have, like, it goes with everything. It's, like, a, great, it's a great that. background. Yeah. You know? They just don't yeah. understand the beauty that is gray. It lets, it lets other things shine. <laughs> it's not just black or white. It's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So you guys are both professional writing minors. So I could add writing to your academic repertoire. So I've always had an interest in writing and like reading in general. Mm -hmm. So it's always been a passion of mine that I've done since middle school. So I write like short stories, wrote a couple like really crappy middle school novels that probably would not hold up. Oh yeah, today. do you have a favorite one? <laughs> like like vampires and werewolves? No. Okay, yeah. Um, vampires uh, and werewolves. <laughs> hey, vampires and werewolves are cool. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, Everyone had that phase, I think. It's yeah, cool. so I had mm -hmm. the one okay, well <laughs> most people did. I had that <laughs> yeah. phase. I get it. No, but I had uh, I wrote a novel called Changes, which was about like werewolves and vampires and like Ooh. witches and things like that. No, okay, I just, listen, I don't understand the sparkly thing. Like, I like Twilight, and I'll probably get crapped on for that. Well. Yeah, I know. But the books were the books were decent. The movies sucked at They did. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but then the second one that I wrote was called Half-Breed, mm -hmm. and it was about these genetically modified children that have, like, demon blood in them. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that sounds yeah. awesome. That one I wrote in high school, which probably is kind of crappy but i mean it's like, probably kind of awesome it sounds <laughs> awesome but yeah they like work for an agency and like take care of demons very anime-esque since cool. i yeah. am anime fan cool. no i love anime as well yeah i miss you an anime guy too i am yeah and you know what even no matter what you wrote about even if it was sparkly vampires or whatever nah, never sparkly vampires. well good that's not but, <laughs> but even if it was like you wrote something and that's more than a lot of people can say so that's yeah. really cool 
How about you, Morgan? Why the professional writing minor? As a biology major, I know people don't think about it, but we do actually have to do a lot of writing. Mm -hmm. And I'm very interested in learning new things, understanding how things work. So I'm constantly watching shows, reading things about how things work. And I love like journal articles that are published like on social medias and stuff. Mm -hmm. And writing is all about getting your thoughts and your feelings out. And so I love that aspect of like, that's kind of my own creative outlet. I love to write poetry on my own. And I do that in my free time whenever I'm happy, sad, whatever. That's kind of my own personal outlet. But writing in more of the professional writing sense was definitely something to help strengthen my communication skills, not only as a writer, but as a professional. And both in the bio world, the business world, like anywhere, really. So, And I think it's really helped me understand how people express themselves and all the background and thought process that really goes into literature is really quite amazing. I love the way I get to learn how all the pieces flow together. And just to add on to that, I feel like it's, people don't associate science and writing a lot, but literally all we do is pretty much write laboratory papers and you have to do research and put in your own opinions of how the data shows one hypothesis over another. And I think it's also really important for people in general, not just like science or writing majors, to learn how important it is to write because there's like this gap right now between science and like the community and I think having more people overlap with kind of writing and communicating really helps like get what new discoveries are happening. Brilliant. Brilliant. So actually on that topic, I don't know if any of you know this, but I used to be a bio major before I switched over to uh, literary texture studies. You learn something new every day. You do. I don't even know you, man. You don't. You don't know anything about me. You don't know my life. Anyway, uh, one of the big things that I learned as, well, I was actually a pre-med bio major. Uh, one of the big things that I learned about the pre-med major is that a lot of medical schools now are introducing humanities into their curriculum because what they were finding was that a lot of students were coming out on the medical field and they were great doctors, but they had like really crappy bedside manner. Like, they weren't connecting with patients on a deeper level. They were very medical and very knowledge-based, and that's great, but it, it wasn't helping to, like, actually heal people besides beyond medicine. And I think like, that kind of goes along with what you were saying, that whether you're a biology major or a marketing major or whatever you are, you know, you're, you're dealing with people, and there's this connection that you have to make that a lot of people find within the humanities. Yeah, and not only that, but just communicating information in general. Right. Like, that's why when I graduate, I want to uh, go into the field of writing, like, for science magazines mm -hmm. so that I can communicate to the general public different discoveries that science is making and maybe explain certain topics that nobody really understands. Mm -hmm. Like, I know global warming is one of them where a lot of people don't know as much about it as they probably should, and Absolutely. that's mostly because I feel people are like, well, that's science talk, I don't understand it's anything. It's not accessible. It. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's no. cold right now, how's it actually global warming? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like different stuff like that, or just like in general <laughs> of new discoveries, right. or different diseases, yeah. and yeah. Mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah, especially I think this is um, important when scientists disagree on things, right? Oh, like yeah. when you hear like one scientist publish like something like saying global warming is a hoax or whatever right I, I think it's important that this sort of information can be accessible that way like the everyday public doesn't just hear one statistic and they're like oh yeah like truth you know um that way they can sort of like engage with these ideas and this research coming out i'm doing a fellowship 
for Dr. Zerby's technical and scientific communication. We have a lot of nurses. And that's something we're really trying to stress is exactly what you got at, Marissa, is that, like, accessibility um, to the general public of our writing. Yeah, because science in general, it's about a debate, would you say? Like, debating different results, debating different conclusions on those results. So I think it's important to incorporate all of that, especially for, like, the general public to make up their mind. How does what you would like to do with your degrees and your careers moving forward, how does that interact with your positions within the the New York Review? My job in the New York Review is writing articles for the website. Mm -hmm. So I have to go to events either do interviews, take notes during them, and then form an article that informs people that may not have been there to experience everything. So since I want to go into like writing science magazines based off of research projects or experiments, I feel like being in the New York Review and writing articles for the website definitely helps form my skills in digital writing and things like that. Yeah. So that's you who writes those amazing articles on our website. Oh, yeah. stop it. They're not that good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You did the one on, what was it? Was it Greek food, right? You went to... Uh, it was uh, Oktoberfest. It was October, German food. Oh, German. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, there, there is a lot of like good content on there uh, written there by talented writers. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Yeah, like Isabella Pham and Emily. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. people should check that out. Oh, they should. <laughs> Definitely Absolutely. go to the website. And what about you, Mark? For the York Review, as the social media and events planner, it's a lot of communication with people and a lot of organizing and planning. So, obviously, communication is big in any field. If I want to be in the med field, it's going to be huge with communicating with patients. Communicating from doctor to like nurse to doctor is a huge thing that is probably number one that gets overseen a lot, that that communication is actually like the most viable and necessary communication or from the laboratory and getting all the lab work done to the doctor is huge communication that needs to get done, which is kind of where I'm looking to be like in a, a lab and doing clinical research and making sure that doctors know the latest and greatest new discoveries and also knowing the best ways to analyze different diseases or cell cultures and things of that nature. So knowing communication is obviously a huge thing for that. And this is helping strengthen my communication outside of my normal zone and being able to like reach out. So you're the one on social media who's posting all of those event <laughs> things for us and who updates our calendar. Yeah. <laughs> and meet the team Monday. Yeah. <laughs> I have to get to know all of my group members. So that shows me. Important. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I think I need to send you a picture. Don't I? I have a picture. I posted one of you. You didn't see it? You did? Of me? Yeah. Because the only Ooh, picture of my I'm Facebook is, like, my dog. <laughs> now there's a picture of you from Pate Night. Somebody tagged you. Oh, no. Wait, oh, did God. you do I hope it's just a picture no. of my face oh, okay. and not just, like, a picture of me. <laughs> yeah. and that I'm like... You're like, it's cut off. You can't okay, see your full of painted <laughs> apron. Over it. Okay, okay. Uh, I still have time to upload an actual decent photo of myself. Yeah, you're next. You're coming up. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. So how do you guys stay updated in your field, right? Because a big part, so you guys are learning, well, not learning, but you guys chose to focus on writing. That way your own writing can be more accessible, right? How do you experience, like, other writing? How do you keep up with what's going on in your field? I personally use my Twitter and my Instagram and my Facebook and all sorts of the social medias mm -hmm. to kind of keep up with that kind of stuff. I mean, think about it. Like, what everybody chooses to follow is what they know, Right. So mm -hmm. if you're deciding to follow a bunch of people that 
are posting about like the Kardashians, you're gonna know all <laughs> sorts of things about the Kardashians' life, right? Yeah. Like you're gonna know. I don't even know all their names, but <laughs> if I follow all sorts of things that are about the latest and greatest environmental things and the best way to reduce your waste and the best way to mm -hmm. keep your water clean and the best way to do all those sorts of things and the latest and greatest research on computers and physics and all those sorts of things, then that's how you're gonna stay up to par with kind of everything that's going on. The coolest thing that I kind of just saw or was reading about and kind of stuck with me and I dove in a little more research after reading it was they have been testing some technology to take all this information that's out in space. Like everything that you Google is just out there and it's out there forever. They don't know what to do with it. And they're finding that they can use lasers to put some of that information into diamonds or stones. Oh, I did see that. And I now, think we talked about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, we yeah, talked yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah, and you can keep your, like, all the information in a stone. So, like, think about, that's, like, revolutionary, right? Like, yeah. what if the whole world, like, you have your whole, in your engagement ring, you now have all the pictures from your wedding. That'd be mm -hmm. so And they're just saved, like, right there, you know what I mean? God. You would never need to save anything anywhere else. Yeah. Like, or then, like, your necklace has all the pictures from your childhood. Like, it would, like, just be... That's a so new way. wild. Yeah. Yeah. You're so like, guys, wild. step up your game. <laughs> anyway, and a new way to put all this information, like, that we're saying we need to get rid of some of this information that's out there and put it somewhere, like, somewhere else to put it. Yeah, that's so cool. Do you have any, just for our listeners, do you have any go-to pages that you like? I definitely follow Nat Geo. NIST is the National Institute of Standard and Technology. Cool. They post stuff all the time. That's a good one to follow. And then there's one that's just, like, science.com. I get a lot of magazines, actually, um, primarily, like, my dad gets tons of magazines that are all science-related, so that definitely keeps me up to date into doing awesome. all that and staying up to date with sciences. Awesome. Cool. Marissa, how about you? How do you stay up to date with all your bio knowledge? I actually stay up to date in a lot of different ways. I wasn't really into Twitter when it first came out. I was kind of like that person that doesn't have a Twitter. That's, so. that's still me, so don't even worry about it. You're welcome here. <laughs> How I normally st stayed up to date, aside from now Twitter, I used to read a lot of science magazines, so like Scientific America or like Science yeah, Magazine yeah. in general. That's so cool. Um, and then there was also like, there's a bunch of YouTube channels that go about talk science mm -hmm. and how it relates to the community or different things. Like, there's this one new series that I think it's on YouTube Red or whatever, but, you know, they always give out, like, free episodes or whatever. Yeah. Mm. And it's called Mindfield, and it looks at different experiments, and mm -hmm. he does them on himself or, like, on other people. Mm -hmm. And they don't always relate to science. Uh, some of them relate to, like, psychology and stuff like that, which, I mean, it's part of science. Like social science. Right? right. And there's, like, biopsych, which is, like, in between. But, well, like, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, one of his was the trolley experiment. So it's, like, do you mm. make the trolley hit five people or one person? And he ran that experiment on normal people just to see what the reaction was. There was mm. another one that actually had to do with uh, what we just did in animal behavior, where we look at the behavioral effects of changing a mouse's sleeping schedule. Mm -hmm. So he was put into a solitary room with the lights on, the whole time 72 for, hours right yeah for three days and you just watched his like psychology like change and his mind get weird at yeah. one point he opens the door to leave but he thinks that it's fake 
so and he's like so afraid of the outside world after like being in complete light with no food or water 20 it's like after 28 hours like, he freaks out he opens the door to like leave and then he gets so nervous and he thinks that it, that the outside world is fake that he just goes back into like the solitary yeah, yeah. So, like he thought it was a dream yeah. that he was able to open the door like it was really bizarre and very odd to like watch his like That's almost so dire downward spiral yeah. uh, but I keep up to date. But yeah, like I keep up to date with that. And then also for my one class digital writing, like I'm, I made a website where I look at new discoveries that have happened in the last month, and then I kind of like summarize them. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely helping me uh, keep up to date. It's called Sensible Science. If anybody wants to go on there and get me some points for my class. <laughs> Is that like .com, .org? If you search on Twitter for Sensible Science, it should pop up, and then We're, it'll all have links to the actual website. Yeah, okay, cool, okay. cool. So how does the information change between these mediums of like an academic document and a YouTube video or something, right? Like, do you guys think by making something more accessible, we could be losing some of the content? I mean, obviously it's going to be hard for me or scientists themselves to indulge fully into their topics because mm -hmm. the whole point of these people with PhDs and doing these research are that they know as much as one person can know about stuff or they're trying to be somebody who can know as much as they can mm -hmm. about this topic. So the terminology that they're going to know and understand when they discuss these things is going to be very different from somebody that you're going to talk to on a day-to-day -day basis. If I'm coming at you telling you that I'm testing the concentration of RNA in dopaminergic neurons, mm -hmm. you're staring at me with a blank face like, what? Yeah, well, but I understand. Somebody exactly what you're else might about. know what I'm talking about. And yeah. the, obviously, these scientists, I we read primary research mm -hmm. articles, which even some of those terms, we have to go to professors and, and say, like, what does this mean? What is this mechanistically proving in the human body. And so getting a lot of those things into layman's terms, you're going to lose some of the detail and some of the actual in-depth of it. Mm -hmm. But getting the actual idea and concept is kind of the main part. Like there's so many concepts that people don't know and there's so much research going on. Like people are, just to go back, you had said something about global warming earlier and people constantly reference that. But what about the fact that we're going to run out of all the renewable resources? That, right. we're, that there's a projection now that we won't have clean water by like 2050. We will be alive in 2050. If there's no clean water for us to drink, we die. We're so, I'm just buying a case of water every week and pouring it. Yeah. Just saying. I'm just had like a giant room in the basement but of the house with just water. Yeah, who's I'm getting? But sick. like, who's getting this information out there and accessible? Unless you're trying to actively see it and understand why that's happening and all that kind of stuff, you're not going to. You know. So no. it's part of it is being active, but part of it's also making it so that it is the headliner, so that people see and know the science things that are impacting their lives some of this stuff really could change people's lives some of the research in stem cell technology could cure all sorts of diseases that people have and die from each year so yeah and like even with our senior research most of it's brand new stuff i for my project i identified a gene in a fish which at first sounds like oh okay you identified a gene good for you but it's a gene that's associated with Alzheimer's disease. And by oh, identifying that gene in the fish, mm -hmm. I just proved that you could use that fish as a model to For test genetic gene. research that has to deal with Alzheimer's disease. Yeah. Since late onset Alzheimer's disease is usually has a genetic factor to it that can be passed down from person to person within a family. Yeah. So looking at the different variations of a Tom 40 gene, mm -hmm. 
we can try and figure out how to prevent Alzheimer's from forming since mm -hmm. that's going to pretty much be in like millions of people just in the U.S. by like 2050. 2050 is a big year. Yeah, we're all going to just have all the I picked a number. I'm not 100% accurate on that. So don't, don't quote me. Definitely do your research. I, I didn't have that written, the statistics written down, but gotcha. definitely look into that if you were curious. <laughs> so I think that that's kind of how I think education works though in general. So like we're using philosophy classes, so you know about Plato's cave. It took like one. Okay, we <laughs> you know about Plato's cave. Oh, that's for fun. That's, I know. You talk about it all the yeah. time, right? Okay, yeah. so like if you were going to explain it to us, you wouldn't just read Plato's thing mm -hmm. because I mean, well, you guys should get it because you're smart, but like <laughs> I don't know if I would say maybe, that. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know, maybe. But like as non philosophy majors, it would probably like we could maybe sort of understand it, but we wouldn't get it right away. Yeah, I'll say that right away. Philosophy to me just, like, goes over my head, usually, unless I have somebody, like, sit down and talk to me, like, a right. Wisecrack on YouTube. Right, right, right. They do a lot of, like, philosophy about different movies yeah. and TV shows. Like, then that makes sense to me, but in general, I have no right. idea. So, yeah. if, if, so reading it to us probably wouldn't do much. But if you sat down with us and said, okay, well, imagine... You're in a cave, and you know there's shadows because of fire or something. And yeah, like yeah. you broke it down for us on a simpler level, right. we would not only get the concept. Yeah. I mean, we would get the concept. That's the that's the goal that right. we get the concept. Although we might not get it at Plato's level, we still get it. Yeah. What's so What's so wild to me is that's exactly what Plato did, right? Like, yeah. Allegory of the Cave is itself a more accessible version of like this wild theory he had. But think um, about so it, though, but, but Plato was, like, the expert of philosophy for his time. Mm -hmm. So imagine, like, a biologist who's the expert on, like, this gene in the fish. Mm -hmm. And they have, like, this massive knowledge, and they're like, okay, I'm going to dumb it down for you. And then they've dumbed it down for us, but we're still kind of like, ooh, that's, 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 that's a lot. A but then there's another biologist who's like, oh, wait a second, I understand the dumbed-down version, let me dumb it down for even more. Yeah. And then we're like, okay, now and I then get we it. get there, we're like, oh, I got it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's why, like, I really wanted to go into, like, writing in science magazines, because I think it really is important to be able to do that. Like, take something super complex, like Morgan and I's research... Right and make it into more relatable or understandable terms for people that might not necessarily have that science background. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's a, a really important thing to talk about and make sure happens. And I was talking to Dr. Eric Avery, who was part of the epidemic uh, mm -hmm. exhibit that's here on your campus in Wolf Hall. Mm -hmm. He is a physician, a psychologist, and an artist. And he even discusses how important it is for the overlap between the arts and science just yeah. in general is and how you can use different mediums mm -hmm. to explain things. Because mm -hmm. one of his pieces looks at how AIDS infects a cell and that whole process. And it's just a print and it doesn't really like explain a lot. So it might be lost on some people, right. but it shows the process of it and makes them question it more. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really good too. Yeah. Moving forward, when I'm looking for a new book to read, a lot of times I'll, I'll ask around or Google books that are either like philosophy based or that are just like written very well. Just because for me, what's really important as a writing major is seeing someone play with language. Like I kind of enjoy that in a story, right? So do you guys think your biology background has shaped sort of the kind of literature you like or how you experience literature? I think it has to an extent. So I'm definitely more prone to looking at the reasons why something happens in a story. So, like, mm -hmm. me personally, 
I'm obsessed with fantasy fiction and things like that. Can you like give that. us some, like, examples of what you like? Oh, goodness. Like, one author that I really just love is Danica Dark, and, she, like, she has the whole, like, werewolf vampire thing, mm-hmm. but she... Wait a second! <laughs> but she, like, writes it in a way that's more... Not like Twilight. Dude, that's fine. Yeah, like it's in a a way that like is more adult and not how all vampires are like, oh, I love you, but I'm Mm -hmm. like this demonic person that drinks blood. It's more of like... (laughs) (laughs) It's more of like real people that just so happen to be vampires or werewolves. I mean, she, for her series, she, she made a new freaking species called a cheetah. I'm not even lying. Like, it's insane. And when you're reading it, yeah, no, that's totally plausible. Like, it's just how she writes. But science fiction stuff, I look, I don't necessarily look for books about science fiction because that's not my reading niche Mm -hmm. pretty much. But I definitely enjoy watching, like, science fiction movies like Mm -hmm. um, Contact or... uh, Oh, Contact. Yeah. Like, just different stuff like that that may have to do with, like, aliens or, like, robots, stuff like that. Interstellar. Yeah, Interstellar. Well, I never watched that. Is that good? You (laughs) haven't seen Interstellar? I mean, like, I don't really like Matthew McConaughey. I'm not gonna lie. What's the one where he's on Mars? The Martian. Mars is usually really funny. Yeah, Is that Martian? It's Martian, Martian. yeah. 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 So you know they came out with a sequel to that. I did not. That's about Artemis. The book was really good. Oh, the book Artemis. was really good. Yeah, <laughs> he's so much funnier in the like the book. But I think they stuck really well to the book. It was really yeah, good. they did a good job. So do you think your biology background makes you more prone to like enjoying science fiction and even fantasy? I, like a lot of times we're talking like vampires, like vampirism is a disease or something like genetics. It's like, do you think that sort of has enhanced your enjoyment or no? Well, I definitely enjoy books or even video games like The Last of Us that look at yes. more of the, <laughs> look at more of the like scientific reason for something insane happening mm-hmm. like yeah. zombies that yeah. because what they based the zombies on is a mm-hmm. real a thing real fungus, and, yeah. yeah it's a real fungus that affects like specific species like each species has a, mm-hmm. its own strain of fungus mm-hmm. and what it does is the spores get into I'll use the ant as the, as uh, an example it gets into their head and it literally takes control of their brain mm-hmm. and like forces them to climb up as high as they can and just cling on to whatever they're walking up mm-hmm. for dear life and just stay there and pretty much die. Mm-hmm. And then it just sprouts out of their head and releases more spores. That's why colonies of ants will be like, oh God, we got to get this guy out of here because we don't want all the spores. Yeah. And they literally like push him out and carry him as far as they can to make sure they're, it's nowhere near. Inspiration can come from science if you know where to look and yeah. what to kind of use it to create fantasy in general, like yeah. The Last of Us, where it's like zombies. Yeah. Resident Evil. But yeah, that is interesting how you want to know that like biological background mm-hmm. for like zombies and stuff. Because personally, when I watch that kind of stuff, I'm like, more guts. I don't care <laughs> yeah. what this dude in the lab coat's doing, you know? Like, I want to see Rick in The Walking Dead, like, go to town with a machete or something, you know? I don't know. Um, So that's that's interesting, that contrast there. I will say, I have a little bit of beef with uh, Jurassic Park, though. Really? They hold the pipette wrong? They hold the pipette wrong. They use a pencil. Like, all scientists, they use pens. Because you don't want the pencil to, like, smear and F up all your results. Also, you always want it to be, it's called, uh, real time. And so you never want to be able to change or alter the... Mm -hmm thing that you wrote or the time oh, that you true. wrote it yeah. because everything should be written 
when it happened, how it happened exactly as it was, because you don't want somebody to change the data to make their hypothesis or their results mm-hmm. prove something that it didn't. Yeah, work. and then if there's yeah. like stuff that's so, not necessarily wow, so like loud. needed, you just like draw a line through it it. yeah and that's cool too to like track um what could potentially be like limitations to your study or whatever cool cool how about you morgan yeah Uh, morgan do you like like, do you think your biology background has shaped how you experience literature uh definitely i definitely am huge into science fiction maybe that's probably probably stemmed my science actually probably stemmed into my science i definitely was reading literature and reading stories and things before i decided that i wanted to be a biology major so Science fiction is definitely my favorite. I'm huge into like utopia type stories, cool. but there's also a lot of I think informational stories. One of my favorite books is The Silent Spring by Rachel Carson, which is a story and it is somewhat people some people say it's fairly boring, but it also is like a huge book that kind of started I want to say almost like a revolution of pushing towards things. So she basically wrote this whole book to to prove to people that our industry is using chemicals and the government is just okay with it because nobody's really questioning what these chemicals are, what the concentrations are, and how they affect humans. And they're a big thing that has really changed since then is like pesticides. And there's pesticides that have been banned from the United States that are seriously deadly and they have found can kill fish and humans and all sorts of things like that. And so those are still found in soils and waters to this day and are constantly being monitored and tested and some of these people's books that were novels that people love to read have started to push people to understand and know that kind of stuff so I think that's really interesting to know that somebody could write a story but at the same time be factual while they're doing it yeah I love watching like movies because I'm also a movie buff Uh and then (laughs) (laughs) and then actually like showing the scientific side of like different things like i enjoy that and i actually love nitpicking it (laughs) that's my my new favorite thing to do with like a science fiction movie like nope they're doing that wrong this wrong with jurassic park where they use a pencil instead of pen i do love how accurate nemo is (laughs) to like the marine biology i mean i'm not a marine biologist so i guess i won't know 100 percent. but they're pretty good definitely more than me but they're pretty good at like keeping like where different fish would live and stuff like that Mm -hmm. you can google it and find that it's fairly accurate yeah i mean like even wally like yeah, the robotics yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I'm finding more accuracy in cartoons than like live action stuff. To be honest, <laughs> it's actually kind of funny that you don't expect it in a kids show or a kids movie, and they're probably the ones that are like trying to understand it the most. So that but, they that's can, true. You would yeah. expect Jurassic Park to be a lot more realistic than Wally. Yeah, and I, Nemo. I actually think they had like machines in the background that had nothing to do with what they were doing too. Probably. It's just like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> Just lab equipment for the lab equipment. Like, yes. here's a beaker. We're doing you, science. You do things with beakers, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is a Bunsen burner. We're doing something, yeah. right? And actually, I really think that the Big Bang Theory has definitely brought it, like, into Ugh, more like public view. Like, streams. Yeah, I hate that show. It's, it's pretty it's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> Though, I do think that the humor is, like, a little lacking sometimes because usually if children just says something scientific it's like ah and we're like Science. why is that funny <laughs> yeah that's what like for me it's just like people are getting laughed for the sake of laughs for science and like for yeah. people being nerdy I'm just like that's not funny or cool right. but, but I do like how they try and bring science into the more yes. mainstream yeah. and it definitely makes it nerdy cool if you want to yeah. call it that to like know yeah. those types of things right. yeah. which I think is good because that definitely gets people more into science like as they grow up yeah as ben wyatt from parks and rec said nerd culture is popular culture
literature. Right? <laughs> I, I think we're moving in that direction. So what about you, uh, Colin? My writing major affecting my literature. You know what? I, I never really thought about it, but it has definitely changed it. I, I look at a lot of, like, I don't just sit around reading novels all the time. I do a lot of flash fiction. I really enjoyed Edgar Caret. He's a Middle Eastern writer who writes amazing stories in just two paragraphs to two pages, maybe at most. It can really capture a whole story and a whole world in just that short space of time. So as someone who works a lot with language himself and works a lot with writing, I really appreciate that attention to detail and sort of how other people can manipulate or use language. Just seeing like a semicolon sometimes in like a book or a piece of writing, I'm like, I'm like oh man, they know what they're doing. Like they've got like this attention to detail that I really enjoy. So for me, a book isn't always just about the content. For me, a book can also, I enjoy it just watching and observing how the writer uses their language, right? And I can kind of sit back and appreciate that. So for you, it's more the technical side of writing, I guess? Maybe yeah, we're... yeah, pretty much. I, I kind of, it's, um, it's kind of like how a car guy, I think, really gets to, like, appreciate cars. He hears, like, an exhaust, and he's like, oh, that's like the VR450 made last year. You know what I mean? Seeing the way, like, sentence-level structures are made, the way, like, subordinating or uh, coordinating conjunctions or working together, the way the author uses our writing system to serve their means gets me pumped. I know it's not, like, the most exciting thing in the world, but yeah, it's just, yeah, I really appreciate that. How about yourself, Artemis? Oh, I guess I'm, like, totally different because... I mean, that's fine. We've got a pretty diverse room in the house right now. Well, I mean, you're all, like, professional writing majors, but I'm just... Uh, well, you are a professional writing yeah. major in New York Biology with a minor. And I'm a creative writing minor mm-hmm. and a literary and textual studies major. So, like, for me, I think it's all about the creativity. Like, if I go to a bookstore, I'm not going to lie, I judge all the books by their cover. I think everybody does I that, do, to be yeah, honest. Seriously, like, that, that whole don't judge a book thing is crap. But, I mean, like, I'll go to a bookstore multiple times, and I'll, like, walk down the same aisles. And, like, the same book will catch my eye, but then, then like, I'll walk away from it. I'm like, you know, if it's here the next time I come, it's, like, meant to be. And the next time, if it's still there and it catches my eye, I'll grab it and I'll take it home. And I might not read it for, like, the next three months or four years or something. Like, I have way too many books. Eventually, I'll get to it, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is, like, the most amazing book ever. So, like, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. I saw it, and I thought, this cover is really cool. And I knew nothing about the book. Oh, no, it was, like, the the original cover with, like, the... Anyway, whatever. You can't see it. I can't describe it. But it was cool. So I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to take this home, and I'm going to read it. Um, I had my book bag all throughout high school, at least for, like, two years of high school. I never read it. Finally, high school ended, and I was, like, waiting for something to do in between class for college. I finally, like, I made it to college, and I had the same book bag, and I was just waiting for something in college... And so I pulled the book out and started reading it, and I loved it. It was amazing. And so then I went back and I found a bunch of other books that I have. Like, I picked up this thing called the Rogue Mage series. It was uh, written by a woman named Faith Hunter, but Faith Hunter's like her pen name. I actually talked to her because she was on Yahoo Groups before she became really big. She has a, a like a witch kind of series out that you might be interested in. Um, I'll have to find the name of it. But uh, before she became really big, I, I just talked to her on, on Yahoo about like her writing process and stuff. And I got these books from her. Because they were so cool looking. Like on the cover, it was like an angel. Mm-hmm. And like a battle angel. It had like a sword, like a shield, and his wings. And like it was just cool. Like it was the coolest thing ever. 
And, like, I'm not a religious person or anything, but it, it was a, such a cool image. I would keep walking by it. It would catch my eye every time. And I'm just like, I'm not going to get this book. Like, I would read the synopsis. Oh, this sounds stupid. I'm not going to read it. It turns out to be, like, one of my most favorite series ever. Like, I reread it every year. I guess, for me, I'm just, I'm just drawn to the creativity. Even if, take away, like, the book cover and everything. Talk to people about, like, what books they really like or what movies they like. It just happened to be books also. Being in literature classes really helps, too, because... I end up taking, I don't know, fantasy literature or science fiction or horror. And then within these classes or within the film study classes that I took for my other minor, I uh, would get all of these different movies and these different books that I had never read before. And it would just kind of force me into parts of these genres that I'd never been to with new writers who I'd never heard of. And I guess that's really what draws me to fiction, science fiction, fantasy, pretty much anything. I'll read anything. All right, so that concludes our episode. Morgan, Marissa, it was a pleasure. Uh, thanks having for having you guys us. On. Oh, yeah, thanks for having yeah. us. Do you guys have anything else you want to say? Any last words for Anything you want to plug? Uh, science rules. <laughs> or Bill Nye over here. <laughs> yeah, if you want to watch Bill Nye's on Netflix now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I don't like his newer show. Yeah. I like the older one. I'm yeah. a I'm a diehard like Bill Nye fan. Right, real quick, while we have two scientists in the room, global warming, is it real? <laughs> That's global a warming. tough debate. Is but it? Okay, yeah, tell one, us. So one thing I want to point out is that naturally, the earth is changing its temperature, Climate it's changing change, its right. size, it's changing or not size, it's changing <laughs> but like think about like Pangea used to exist mm-hmm. and so I when I say size I mean like th- like shape I guess and the not the actual whole thing but the continents yeah mm-hmm. and so earthquakes and all those types of things the tectonic plates are changing and um all that kind of stuff is going to cause a change and obviously that's going to cause a change in climate change which is what most people consider global warming mm-hmm. but um global warming is all, like the temperature rising but as we saw like at one point where the dinosaurs roamed it was super hot from what we believe and then there was an ice age so we don't there are cycles where it goes up and down and it's known that there's kind of cycles but it's not necessarily known to what extent but it has been proven that we aren't helping uh us polluting the air us polluting the water using up all our own renewable resources natural resources um obviously isn't going to help keep our earth the way it is and by destroying the earth the way it is and how we know it is obviously going to increase bad effects so beautiful you yeah. made that very accessible for us <laughs> and that sounds like i'm kidding but i'm not no Thank you. no like i agree with morgan like the earth does go through cycles so and we don't have enough information just because we haven't really lived through an earth cycle yet really mm-hmm. where the never climate, will. yeah never will probably where um the earth is continuously changing climate. But like she said, we ain't exactly helping the yeah, situation. Yeah, sure. Um I don't know. It's kinda like you're eating food. Like you can eat like carrots or you can eat like Cheetos. Like both of them you'll still be alive, but right. one's gonna do better for you. Right. And then okay. you also Precisely. like gotcha. your own body goes through like fluctuations in like weight and hormones and stuff like that. So it's kinda like that. Like oh, wow, that's such a great <laughs> yeah. But if all you ate was Cheetos. Right. Or if all you ate was plain sugar, you'd get diabetes and you probably would die. Yeah. Right. Do you know? Or you go into like shot. Or if all you had was caffeine, you could kill yourself because caffeine is technically toxic. Yeah, so like, yeah. it all depends. You know, like yeah. depending on what. So it's kind of the same thing for the earth. The earth needs certain substances and certain 
things to function at its prime and yeah, to make it we're healthy. not helping that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That was I, I asked that question as like 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 half kidding, right? But holy wow, you guys really gave yeah. us a lot. That thank you. That's, that's why awesome. I, that's why there's you can't debate. ask a scientist about global. <laughs> yeah, right. okay, that's job. true. That was my mistake. My mistake. <laughs> okay. But yeah, that's why there's such a debate between certain issues that everyone's like, oh, it's either this or that. Well, no, it can it's be both. Like both. Yeah. Right. Cool. Okay. Vaccinations. Oh, they're you good for you. One hundred percent. Like sometimes they're both. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay, so <laughs> do we really want to go into vaccination? No, just do it. Yeah. Do your own research. There's so much out there. Yeah, I, yeah. Do, I do know the dude who published the first research that was that oh, link. Uh, that him. it was bad. Yeah, that, that, that was him, yeah. false. Yeah, like totally false. Yeah, like he, he was, just wanted money from. Um, well, he lawyers. even came back yeah. afterwards and said, like, this was bullshit research. Well, yeah, like, he did it for money, and then the article got taken out and got banned for yeah. any scientists to use because it wasn't... It was false. It wasn't done ethically, I don't think, mm-hmm. and it wasn't done correctly mm-hmm. where it excluded, like, a bunch right. of different variables. And this was all in Britain. After the article got pulled, he came to the U.S. because he knew, like, United States people would still pay him to speak. Yeah, and you know what? I feel like it's a lot of U.S. people that believe it, and I'm like, yeah. oh, God, no. Like, yeah. you literally got it taken off. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it, there's always debate in the scientific community, so that's why you have to take in as much information as possible, which is hard for the public in general. All right. Well, again, thank you for your time, guys. Yeah, it was awesome having you guys on. Yeah, yeah again, yeah. thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah. you guys should come back. Yeah. Thanks for letting us yeah. give you our thoughts and what opinions. What are you doing at seven? It's seven? Yeah, come back on this two weeks again. I don't know if that's soon. I gotta go home and eat some dinner. But <laughs> just eat dinner here. Order pizza and speaker. We'll call you and just put it on like speakerphone. Yeah. Put it on speakerphone, just have us over the phone, <laughs> doing an interview. So what are you eating? What what yeah. chemicals are you <laughs> Oh god. Yeah. Tell you the calorie content of yeah. it. Explain <laughs> digestion in great yeah. detail. <laughs> So this I'm not an anatomy of physiology. <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're not anatomy people. <laughs> this is the best ending we've ever had. I know, and it still hasn't ended. <laughs> this is gold. Wow. I know, now you can just pick whatever ending you want. No, we, no, we don't even do that. We, we keep, keep it all. Keep it all. <laughs> keep it all. <laughs> like everything. Yeah, we're not fake. You know, we're not putting makeup on this podcast. Right. The audience gets the whole picture. Okay, Caboodle. Yep. Well, thanks for talking to us. Yeah, thank you for letting us, like, explain science in relation to, like, writing and everything. Follow the York Review on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Also check out Sensible Science, yo. Just give me some points for my class. (laughs) And go on the website and read some of those articles, because they're awesome. Yeah, they really are. Uh, TheYorkReview.com, with a capital nothing. And get ready because soon, soon, and by soon I mean at the end of next semester, we'll have a published York review. Wait, the end of this semester? No, they do it next semester, don't they? Yeah, they do it next semester, I thought. Yeah. They publish it in the spring because it has to be printed. Yeah. What, with the printer in here that always jams? I mean, yeah, it'll take me a little bit, but it won't take me a whole semester. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it might. <laughs> all right, all right, that's fair. That's oh, fair, God, that's I fair. said that out loud. Somebody's going to come for us now. Who <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you'll actually get the, like, the printer fixed. Then. Maybe, <laughs> hopefully. We got that, that thing ate like $10 of my printing stuff for poetry class because it just kept jamming. And I had to print out like 15 pages for, no, I 
I had five pages, but I had to print it out 15 times mm-hmm. for the 15 students in my class. Jesus. So just printing out one was like $4. Wow. That's... And then it got like three of them done and then jammed. And then it took all the rest of the money. Yeah, I'm too lazy to do that. If I was in that yeah. class, I'd just print out my own copy yeah. and be done with it. Yeah, you think gonna, that would make sense, but... If I want to throw away money like that, I'd just smoke. Like, jeez. If I, I want to throw away money like that, I'd go to your college. Oh, oh snap. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know if you should have said that. It's too late, man. I mean, your college is pretty cheap compared to You know what? It actually colleges. is, surprisingly. Yes. I don't think yeah. a lot of people realize that. Millersville is also pretty cheap. Yeah. Like, yeah. Comparatively, but that's university. Yeah. I think it's just the, like, hip thing to do to, like, rag on how expensive your education is. When ours really isn't that expensive I mean, compared to other ones. Yeah. I mean, compared to Europe, though, it's ridiculous. I'm looking at oh, um, yeah. maybe going to grad school over in Italy, and dude, it's like five thousand for a year. I was yeah, like, but you have to be you usually have to be a resident for two years before before you get to oh, cheap. Listen, you came oh, in. That's, that's only, I think, around five thousand for grad school. Too many people. Oh, too many actually, people no, from home are at Lock We should just all get scholarships for this, and then not have to worry about. It. <laughs> Honestly, we're representing the school. We Uh-oh. should like who's the scholarship person Uh-oh. that I have to sleep with? Like. Uh-oh. <laughs> Oh, I'm getting a phone call. Yeah, Bye. we should stop. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I kind of thought you did. I feel like we ended it like five <laughs> That's how it goes. It's, and it's, so it's that our, was the peer it's review. It's creative process. We're ending it now. 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 now.